Welcome to Gleaning and Gathering. I am your host here together today with my co-host, Kaylin Heimlich. Welcome, Kaylin. Hello. It's great to be here today. She's got a whole new mic set up. That's right. It's and exciting. And it's, uh, it's amazing. So we are cooking with gas today. Good. <laughs> you have a new setup too. I, just I do. That. Yeah, I, I have a, a new microphone oh. and uh, we are upgrading all around here trying to bring the very best in sound quality. So today I want to talk about the idea of spiritual connection. This is something that I've been chewing on for a while. And I think uh, how I would define that uh, would be kind of like, not a definition, but a story, really. Mm. About a week ago, I think it was, had a, a fella from Washington, D.C. reach out to me on LinkedIn and uh, he asked to talk with me. And so we ended up setting up a, a Zoom conference and mm-hmm. had an interesting conversation about artificial intelligence, uh, the company that he was with, and the role of artificial intelligence in education. Interesting fella. Interesting company. Interesting. I gave him 20 minutes of my life. And that's probably the only 20 minutes I will ever spend with that individual. Again, nice guy. And there was no problem at all uh, in terms of what we talked about. There, it wasn't like there was any problem, any issue, but there was no connection, mm. none whatsoever. And by connection, you mean? There was no spark of interest there on my part that said, there's something here that I need to see more of. Ah. And, and I guess maybe that's a, a very vague way of putting it, but there was a, another a young man who reached out to me a couple years ago. I think he found Victory Acres on like page 20 of uh, Google mm-hmm. um, from a search in farms and discipleship, something that, ah, to okay, that effect. Yeah. And so uh, we ended up having a conversation after he reached out to me. And there was a spark. There was a certain, just I don't know, nudge is the is the word. But there was okay. I probably need to follow this up. Mm-hmm. There was some degree of connection there that I would define as a a spiritual connection, and I'm not quite sure that I could give all of the specifics of that. Mm-hmm. But we've stayed in touch. And uh, Vincent came to visit us uh, here. We had a wonderful visit at uh, Victory Acres. And then there has been, you know, communication mm-hmm. since then. And I have no idea where all that will go and what it will develop into. But, you know, there's lots of people that want a piece of you. Mm-hmm. And how are you going to determine how you invest your time? I think the answer, at least for me, is this idea of spiritual connection. And so I just wanted to explore that today. Mm -hmm. What do you think about that? Your questions are so incredibly open-ended that I'm like, what do I think? Yes. What do you think about that? All right. Um spiritual connection what do i think do you think that's just crazy that that's just being out to lunch like have you felt that 
with with people. Yes. Or not. Maybe there's been situations where like there's no connection here. Well, I'm trying to think like what so the definition of of connection what is it that I experience with some because I know what you're talking about and I think probably a lot of people understand like there are some people that just spark like you are you have a and I wrote down the similarity of purpose or uh, almost a soul similarity so you you recognize this person is maybe going in the same direction as me maybe that's the the idea of spiritual connection or I, I think that's involved in it. Like, I think it goes beyond that though, mm-hmm. you know, cause I, like there are people that I have similar connection to, um, in that they're Christians. Uh, they come from a very similar background. Mm-hmm. Um, they are very nice people and yet there's no, there's no spark. Right. There's and, no spiritual connection, but you're talking, you're talking in those instances about like not superficial so much, but just outward, similarities so similarities of similarities in things that you can see feel taste touch that that sort of so we're quote headed in the same direction in that we physically came from the same place and we're probably and we're headed towards god together but soul similarity i think is a little maybe i'm wrong Mm -hmm. i think it's a little different in that there are certain ways we are shaped inside of that that's connected to our will so connected to the choices that we make in the midst of those circumstances so the outward being our circumstances but the way in which we are choosing mm-hmm. that shapes our soul in a specific way and so when you find someone that's choosing in the same direction as you i i'm wondering if that's related to that whole idea of spark like you you look at another person and there there's kinship there because there's a similarity in choice. You're both choosing towards the same thing. Yeah. And often that's God, but I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I think it, I think that's definitely involved in it. And, and I think it does change depending on the season of life that you're in. Like there have been people that there have been that spark with at one point. And so now, you know, our lives have gone different directions. Mm-hmm. And so I've recognized that there's seasonality just because I'm spiritually connected to someone in one moment or in one season doesn't mean that that's like a lifelong thing. Um, and, and maybe it should be, and I just haven't been as intentional about that as I should be. But I do think that um, there are these things that God places in our path at unique places. And I'm thinking about one in particular. It was a few, uh, 2011, I guess it was. Mm-hmm. Grandma Heimlich had just passed away. And the farmhouse was empty and we were needing to look at renovating it. And really our family at the time, uh, we were expecting uh, our fifth child. We were living in a little, um, I guess trailer. it was 14 by 70 mm-hmm. trailer. Um, and uh, it was it was tight. There were two mm-hmm. bedrooms there. Uh, Samuel was sleeping in uh, in our bedroom. And so there, there was, uh, you know, the physical challenge. And so we were praying about that. Lord, would you please help us to know what to do, how to figure this out? And in the middle of all that, I got a phone call. And it was uh, some folks that had been on our newsletter list. They had gotten our newsletter, had read it, had shared it with their little community there in Kasilov, uh, Alaska. I guess it was Soldatna. Mm-hmm. They live near Kasilov. Brother Wayne Ostrander had shared this. Uh, with the folks there at Calvary Life Fellowship. 
and they called us and, and I didn't know them well, didn't know what was going mm-hmm. on there. Uh, but uh, they called and, and said, you know, we're, we're thinking about coming down and, and seeing what you're doing there. And so ended up showing up, driving seven days from Alaska <laughs> to come down to visit us, to see what we were doing. And uh, there was just a kinship immediately, mm-hmm. just that spark, that, that sense of we're headed in the same direction. And so they ended up uh, saying, looking around and saying, we feel like what God wants us to do is to help you guys get into this farmhouse. And so they came, long story short, there was uh, seven seven or eight folks that came, pounded away on this old farmhouse for mm-hmm. almost uh, two months. And we completely rewired the farmhouse, updated the upstairs, re-insulated, uh, re-drywalled, uh, it, it was it was amazing, but the biggest piece of that whole puzzle was that uh, Richard and I uh, spent uh, nearly a month and a half, mm-hmm. sometimes fourteen hours a day, uh, pulling wire and rewiring entirely this house together. And he taught me like everything I know pretty much mm-hmm. about wiring a house. I learned from Richard Bird. It was during that time that. I developed this spiritual connection. Mm-hmm. And Richard told me the story of how he ended up coming from Alaska to Indiana during that time. I didn't know this story up to this point. Mm, okay. He is out driving an excavator, working there in Alaska, and Brother Wayne had shared from this newsletter that morning in chapel there at Calvary Life Fellowship. And he said, I just can't get this Eric Heimlich guy out of my head. Like I'm sitting there in an excavator. He says, it's crazy. Like I, I just cannot quit thinking about this. And so he came inside finally and sat down and said, Wayne, I, I know we've got all kinds of things to do, but I really think we're supposed to do something here. I think we're supposed to go help this Eric Heimlich guy. And he's like, I don't even know you. I, I've never met mm-hmm. you before in my life. And yet there was this awareness, this Mm -hmm. sense of like God's leading us to do something here. And I think we need to pay attention to that. And so his spiritual sensitivity led to Brother Wayne calling and it led to them driving down from Alaska. And, you know, with all that they had going on there, they had plenty to do. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like they had anything, you know, they were sitting around waiting on something to happen. And so they show up here and God just binds our hearts together. Mm -hmm. And rarely does a month go by that uh, in those 12 years since that Richard and I aren't talking and Mm -hmm. sharing about what's going on in his life or what's going on in my life and what God's teaching us and praying together and encouraging each other. And so there's been this spiritual connection that's not just about, well, they helped us. And so obviously you want to stay in touch with people to help you. No, it's more than that. Mm -hmm. God used the need to bring us together, Mm -hmm. but it's more than that. I think that idea of spiritual connection, that God brings people together in certain seasons for purposes that may be beyond like any strategic plan Mm -hmm. that either one has in mind, but that, that, that is not scalable. Mm-hmm. As in, it can't be grown exponentially over a short period of time. Or very large at all. Like that group of people to whom you are spiritually connected is necessarily small. 
And it may not be the people that you would necessarily choose humanly. I remember early on in our ministry, there was a, a maintenance man at Union Bible College. And as he was moving in, I was uh, helping his family uh, move in, Brother John Whiteman. Mm. And I was just a kid at UBC. They were needing somebody to help unload boxes. And so here I am on the moving day as they're coming from, I don't even know where, uh, moving into Westfield, Indiana. I'm helping carry stuff. And like the whole time I'm, you know, meeting them for the first time. But there was just this spark Mm -hmm. from that very first moment, really. And so John and I got to know each other there as I was a student and we'd have different conversations. But I remember him saying when he felt like God was leading him into helping us and working together with us in Indianapolis was one day as I was praying in the prayer chapel, I wasn't paying attention to anybody else around. I was just talking to God. But he said the depth of love and connection that I felt between you and God in that moment Mm. drew me to you. There were lots of students at UBC. Mm -hmm. And there were lots of things that John could have done and been involved in. But like God connected us. And for the first few years in Indianapolis, John was a soulmate. Mm Mm-hmm. And he was a spiritual guardian as he was in a completely different season of life, completely different background, completely different personality. Mm -hmm. And yet there was a spiritual connection that went beyond me like, okay, well, if I'm going to choose somebody to join my team, I'm going to choose John Whiteman. Like, no, no, I'm not. Right. And yet God put us together. Mm -hmm. And I look back on those times And I look back on those experiences where God knit our souls Mm -hmm. together for a work that he was doing. And I was just reading a little bit in our book, Living Redemptively, and it was 20 years ago, Mm. uh, December 20th, 2003, that we closed on that Stranger Project house. And maybe a podcast sometimes should be on the lessons mm-hmm. of the stranger project. Uh, it was from Jesus's words. I was a stranger and you took me in. Uh, the inside joke was that it kept getting stranger and stranger. <laughs> um, it was, it was quite a project and we learned a lot of lessons, mostly what not to do. As we got this duplex, the idea was that we would have a, a host family live in one side. That was going to be John and Karen. And then a, a needy guest family that would live in the other side and we would disciple uh, this uh, guest family. That was the idea. It didn't quite work out the way we had thought that it would work. Um, and we ended up uh, upside down in the house, spending far too much money and uh, couldn't get it finished. And so ended up having to uh, trade it for another house that was already finished um, to Inglewood uh, Christian church. And they took the the half finished house and, finished it. And, uh, so there was a happy ending to that story. There's mm-hmm. folks living in that now. And actually I think there's a similar kind of work to what we had envisioned, mm-hmm. right. uh, that's going on there, um, now, but, but, you know, I, I look back on that project and, you know, John's working on the house and, and, and I'm trying to, 
manage the the money side of the project and and the all that was uh, you know involved with trying to fundraise and, and mm-hmm. do all that and and what God was doing in us mm-hmm. right right <laughs> was far more important than what you know we thought was the work mm-hmm. like, so that's literally what I just wrote down is God does the work quote unquote the work that we think is our work to do actually when it comes right down to it if if God is not the one working it it won't last mm-hmm. he is the beginning and the end and anything that he does stands but if we're the ones doing it it's not going to stand yeah but what he is doing the thing that he's constantly doing is the work inside of us yeah and so those connections with other people although they may seem you've talked about real friends and deal friends yeah and so your deal friends seem like the ones that are going to give you the most and help the most in the kingdom of God ultimately. But I think real friends are the ones God is actually, he's shaping you with. He's taking off rough edges with Mm -hmm. and thinking about your relationship specifically with brother Whiteman. I, I remember just the one thing that hits me every time I think about him. And I was really little when we were there, but is his kindness and his gentleness. Yes. And the, the quietness that he led with. And then the, it wasn't passive, but I think all of those things were necessary, especially when you were in that early time in Indianapolis. Like if you had not had that tempering influence there, it would have driven you. You you would have driven off a cliff ultimately. Yeah. And so. Without a doubt. Even though it seemed like this was not the strategic person that like, okay, if I've got to get all of the pieces in and make this be a successful ministry, that wasn't the point. That was mm-hmm. never the ultimate point. God does the work. God did the work in so many people's lives and changed what he wanted to change. But ultimately what he was doing, even in Indianapolis, was in you and and in him. And that that work, it seems think Dallas Willard is the one that says over and over, but what God is doing in us is far more important than, is far more lasting than the work he, than what we are doing in the world. Mm -hmm. What we accomplish is much less important. Yeah. No, without a doubt. And I think that's, it. you know, 20 years gives you perspective Mm -hmm. that you don't have when you're living in that moment. Um, And so there were lots of frustrations that I had. Uh, in trying to work together uh, with John. And in that moment, those frustrations are what filled my right. frame of, of view. But with 20 years of perspective, you know, the iron on iron shaping mm-hmm. experiences that were there and the ways in which God used John in my life, I treasure. Mm-hmm. And those are the things that I remember. Those are the things that I hold dear and value. And those are the things that I thank God for uh, today. Mm-hmm. So Spiritual Friendship uh, by uh, Alred of Raveau, uh, a great book written in the 1200s by a man that uh, was a contemporary of Bernard of Clairvaux, um, has been a, an encouragement to me. Uh, the Sacred Roots uh, Project has produced a, kind of an updated version uh, of this. It's Sacred Roots Spiritual Classic Number 3. And uh, edited by uh, my friend, Dr. Hank Voss. 
spiritual friendship, learning to be friends with God and one another. It's available on Amazon. Mm-hmm. If you're interested, you could look it up. Uh, but he, uh, he talks in there about how spiritual friends are guardians of the soul. Mm-hmm. And I love that picture that there are these few people mm-hmm. that God places in our lives who are guardians of our soul. They're not just people that God has given us to hang out with. It's deeper than that. Mm-hmm. And there's a spiritual connection that God is at work in, bringing those together. And that, that that's necessary. He talks about how spiritual friendship is a spiritual discipline. Mm-hmm. That it is a way in which God shapes our soul. You know, I often talk about how uh, I'm a really nice person when I'm by mm-hmm. myself. Uh, you've heard me say this a few times. Uh, it's just when I get around people that I have problems. You know, mm-hmm. I don't argue with myself. I don't disagree with myself. I, I think I'm right. And so it's just when I get around people that I have problems. Right. And so I figured out that, you know, the problem is uh, when I'm with my, by myself, I'm fine. When I'm with people, I have problems. Therefore, people are the problem. Exactly. You know? And uh, it's very, very tight reasoning there. Um, and the truth of it is that most people feel that way. Like everything would be right. As one guy said, you know, teamwork is everybody doing what I tell them to do. We all see the world through that egocentric lens. You know, everything would be better if people did it my way. And it takes people outside of that circle to be able to help us to see what we Mm -hmm. cannot and will not see. And so having spiritual friends who love us enough to be able to say, you know, you've got a real issue with anger in your life. You you need to be more careful with the souls that you have in your care. To, to say the hard things, the things we need to hear. And yet, the further you go in life, the less and less people are willing to call you on anything. Mm-hmm. And so spiritual friends are are a blessing faithful are the wounds of a friend proverbs Mm -hmm. says and so spiritual friendship spiritual connection is it's important Mm -hmm. but it is so lacking it seems like Mm -hmm. from your perspective why do you think that is i think there's a couple of different reasons one of them is i so both of the instances that you've talked about have been with Men that have been not considerably older, but older. Mm-hmm. True. And I think one of the basic assumptions that we have is if we are going to be friends with someone, they need to be in our time of life uh-huh. or in our, our season. Yeah. And they won't be able to understand otherwise. Which I I do understand that it is important. David and Jonathan were likely in the same roughly season. Probably. And yet... I think it's also important to recognize that those those connections are not bounded by time necessarily. You've talked about how you have mentors in fr- in um, literature. Yeah, literary mentors. So yes. people that have influenced you greatly, and I, I have those as well, but you've never met them. And yet, in some ways, it's not the same, obviously, but in some ways, our hearts have been knit with those people as mm-hmm. well. Yes. Um, they are headed the same direction as us yeah and anyway so i think learning to recognize those 
connections apart from our stereotype of what they should look like. Yeah. The other thing is I'm realizing slowly you have to be bad at something to be good at it. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to like want it enough to do it badly. Mm-hmm. And then as you're willing to do that over and over and over, it's <laughs> perfect practice makes perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's especially with connection. It's scary. Mm. There's a lot of vulnerability involved in like saying, so you talk about with spiritual friendships in um, testing those and seeing, mm-hmm. is this, is this someone that my soul is safe with? Yes. Cause it is not always safe with everyone. Right. But as you test, it, it is going to, you're going to have to realize like this person might not be, my soul might not be safe with this person. And mm-hmm. so often I think it's, it's easier to leave that area ambiguous yeah, and not definite as opposed to like clarifying and saying, this is a person. Mm-hmm. I was talking to you the other day about how my personality type is as a, and I know as an Enneagram nine, and I know not everything is connected to personality type, but um, I'm realizing one of my coping mechanisms that is not healthy is to assume that if I don't handle a situation, it will eventually go away. Mm. If I just pretend like the situation is not there, then I don't have to deal with it anymore. Mm. Yours is the exact opposite. Right. You yeah. have to attack in order to make sure that it happens. Um, but in that, my tendency, and I think this is the tendency of many people, is to rather than clarify that and rather than like work for connection with someone just sitting back and saying well if if connection finds me yeah. then somebody walks great. through the door it'll be lovely but yeah um because i have had those moments of connection with someone where i was like our hearts are going the same direction but what happens after that is a discipline is that yeah. work of are you going to actually take time to be right right intentional about cultivating that conversation and that that connection mm-hmm. yeah and i think that's part of it um is that uh, there are those sparks but do they actually get fanned into flame mm-hmm. um and does it go further or do we just let it go you know i love the quote from richard evans in the four doors uh, and i've quoted it um a few times actually even on this podcast, but it bears repeating. To be of value to others is a far greater ambition than the vain hope of the world's fleeting applause and fickle admiration. In the end, it is better to be loved by one person who knows your soul than a million people who don't even know your phone number. Mm. And I think that in this day where it's all about like, you need to build your platform, Mm -hmm. you need to develop your connections, you need to network, you need to, you know, make sure that you're growing your influence and all that. Like, really? Really? Because Jesus had 12. That's it. And inside that 12, he had three. Mm -hmm. And inside that three, there was one, John the Beloved. And and I think if we're going to use him as the example, I don't need to grow my reach. I need to grow my depth. I need to cultivate the spiritual connection because my life is too short. Mm-hmm. My time is too limited to be able to to give a piece of my life to everybody who wants a piece of it. Mm-hmm. 
It's just not possible. And so I need to know, Lord, where do you want me to connect? Right. Because those 12 were not the strategic 12. They were, but they were not the... um, Not on paper. Right. I would not have chosen Peter to be one of my three. That's just me. But... Jesus did. Jesus did. And so taking time to recognize like my three might be completely out side of my box that says yes I, in but, my life i would say there's there's people in my head that i'm like i want to be influenced by them i want to get in their circle and i want i want them to speak into my life and i've had some of those conversations and realized this is not the direction yeah like god is not calling them to this god is not calling me yeah god is not calling them to this yeah i'm not supposed to be under them but then there have been others that strangely I've been, Yeah, I was not looking for that connection. I was, Etta Franklin is one of those. Mm. I was not thinking like she's someone that I want to be under the influence of. And yet there's beauty there. There's grace there. Mm-hmm. Um, and God so graciously has given me the opportunity to talk to her a few times. Mm-hmm. That that's something that only God can truly make those connections that are going to last mm-hmm. and influence you the way in which he wants you to be influenced. Right. I think when you recognize that Jesus spent all night in prayer mm-hmm. before he chose those disciples mm-hmm. and he says, I do nothing except my father tells me to like even Jesus was intentional mm-hmm. about cultivating a connection with the father that ultimately led to his connection Mm -hmm. to the right people. And I think that's what I'm trying to get across Mm -hmm. is that there are people that God intends for us to be connected to. And it may not be the people that are in our five-year strategic plan. I remember just griping at God uh, in Indianapolis about the people that I wanted connected to our ministry there. Mm -hmm. Lord, you know, see this person is so talented and this other person here and the people that were showing up and the people that God was connecting us with, like many times we're so broken and from a worldly perspective, untalented. And yet these were the people that God was bringing. Mm-hmm. And I remember him like really spanking me so hard mm-hmm. spiritually saying, don't you despise what I've given you? Mm-hmm. Don't you, don't you do it? These are the people that I have brought to you. And these are the people that I want you to love. And I think many times, you know, the grass is greener on the other side of the fence, whether you're a local pastor, whether you're a missionary on the mission field, whatever. And you're like, I want some better friends. Mm. The question is, am I being the better friend? Mm-hmm. Am I being that person? That's the question. Anyway, so that's what's on my mind today, thinking about spiritual connection and uh, just... Uh, I appreciate you taking time to think about this. Absolutely. It's been good. For gleaning and gathering, God bless.